and welcome to the Sports It's Week 2 Review Podcast. I am Drew, and I am joined as almost always. Actually, have you ever missed a show with me this season? No, I've never <laughs> missed a show ever. Oh, well, that's not true. You, you missed several last year, but <laughs> this year is what counts, right? In football, it's always this year, this game, it's all that matters. Are you going to say my name? Because people are like, who is that other guy? Uh, no, you're supposed to say your name. Oh, I'm Daniel. There you go. Or Danny Red Zone. Inside joke. <laughs> I was going to say, is this the part where I'm supposed to say because you always score? No, Drew, we don't want them to turn the, the radio off. Don't <laughs> say that. All right. Uh, so let's start off with the plugs. As per usual, you are, of course, listening to The Sports Id, and you can check us out at thesportsid.net. On Facebook.com slash thesportsid, you can email us, thesportsid at gmail.com, and catch us on Twitter at thesportsid. Uh, I want to stop right here for a second. Okay. Listen, someone email us, all right? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not playing, okay? I know some of my friends listen to this podcast. If you do not email me, when I see you, I'm going to punch you in the stomach. Continue, Drew. All right, so if you're done threatening our listeners, um, <laughs> the music at the beginning and end of this podcast is from Matthew Menden of The Underground West. Uh, you can check out that music at theundergroundwest.bandcamp.com, and you can check them out on facebook.com slash undergroundwest. So let's start off with some... <laughs> let's go over our picks from last week. And sure, let's start off with that, because I did well, so let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so yeah, you did do well. You did the best of all of us this week, uh, of all the hosts anyway. Um, you got nine right, and I cannot believe that you got the uh, <laughs> the Saints-Browns game right. You know, I'm a genius, bro. I mean, what can I say? Football genius, and you no, know, I'm not a genius because if I was a genius, I would have pick, I would have stayed with my Carolina over Detroit uh, pick. But I don't know whether it, out of it. Well, that's those are words. <laughs> I don't know whether it's out of my love for Ian. I decided to pick with the Lions and just hope that they were going to be different this year. I, See, I, I think that's what did it for me too because I literally flip flopped on that pick about eight to nine times that morning, just. Like, it's 10 minutes before the game, and I'm like, all right, Lions, lock it in. And then three seconds later, I'm like, shit, no, it's the Panthers at home. You know, it's a close game. Take the take the home team. And I'm like, nah, i got to take the Lions, that offense. And I'm like, yeah, but Cam's back. And I just kept flipping back and forth on it. And I, too, took the Lions. And you know what? I'm going to blame Ian, too. I'm going to blame my love for Ian uh, as to why I got that pick wrong. Uh, but like I said, you got nine. I got seven. Ian got a whopping five. Makes sense. That, that's a, that basically uh, <laughs> that's a accurately good, represents our football knowledge. I was going to say it's a good microcosm of our of our the level of football knowledge per host. Um, the games he got right because there's so few. I'm going to go through them. The Patriots over the Vikings, the Cardinals over the Giants, the Redskins over the Jaguars, the Broncos over the Chiefs, and the Packers over the Jets. So pretty much most of the ones he got right are the ones he should have got right. In fact, all of those he should have got right. Good job, Ian. Yep. 
sometimes you don't get enough credit for getting the ones you should get right. <laughs> oh man, he took the Raiders over the Texans, and that was wrong. In his defense, he was drunk. <laughs> I mean, do we do we know that for a fact, or can we just safely assume that? I think Ian has a problem. That's what, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the problem is he has too much beer in his fridge. He has to take care of that. America. America. All right. So we also have uh, two listeners in our Pick'em group right now. Uh, if you want to join that group, there is a link on our Facebook page. Again, that's facebook.com slash thesportsid. Or you can just go to ESPN's Pigskin Pick'em and search for the thesportsid and join the group. Um, the two listeners are Graffy and uh, Jason from last year. Uh, and they both are doing better than all three of us. So... <laughs> Yeah, but can they tell you why they're doing so well? That's, that's I'd, I'd, the podcast. They should email us if they if they want to tell us why they're so much better than us. See how I, I brought that back around? You did. Somebody, Good job. Somebody emailing our ass. All right, so let's get on to the reviews here, and we can just uh, quickly go over this Thursday night game because it's already several several days later. It's It's already two days away from the next Thursday game, so we don't really care that much. Uh, but Pittsburgh lost terribly to the, the Baltimore Ravens. I disagree, but naturally, I, I'm a disagreeer. You are. I I think it's just our natural position in life to disagree with each other. I'm just saying, when you watch this game, the difference between the teams came down simply to execution on the opponent's side of the field. I don't know. To me, it came down to uh, play calling for the. Uh, the Steelers, and also the fact that Ben Roethlisberger couldn't have hit the broadside of a barn. Well, well, let's talk about that. Um, Was it Marcus Gilbert, the right tackle? I think it's his name, but knowing me, it's probably not. (laughs) Uh, He got owned by Elmas Dumerville all night. He could not protect Big Ben, and, you know, that affected the, the Steelers' offense. The Steelers had a pick inside Baltimore territory. They had a fumble inside Baltimore territory. They had a sack and then a false start that took them out of field goal range of Baltimore territory. And then when they were in Baltimore territory and scored, they got two field goals. So looking at the score, you may say, oh, well, Baltimore killed them. They're all over them. You know, Roethlisberger wasn't very good. I don't but There were plenty of opportunities for Pittsburgh to put points on the board and to make this game at least look competitive. I agree and if I and my point is they they definitely should have ran the ball more. Um Le'Veon Bell had 11 uh attempts for 59 yards. And that's it. No touchdowns. One of them there was a a, a big 21-yard uh run on that, but I watched that entire game start to finish. He was not running poorly. He just was not being given the ball enough. Well, a little bit of that was the fact that the Steelers' defense was just terrible. Oh, and for sure. For this, this is definitely not Blitzburg. <laughs> Kevin Kevin Green ain't walking through that door, okay. And for the second week in a row, they gave a mediocre running back almost a hundred yards. Terrence West had a hundred on them last week in Cleveland, and now Bernard Pierce had ninety six. I mean, they were <laughs> the. Baltimore Ravens were on the field the whole game, and generally when that happens, the offense who's been off the field has a hard time running the ball because 
they need to maximize their possessions. We saw that in the San Diego Seahawks game. I'm pretty sure we're going to cover that later. Oh, yeah. not, you're not on the field. There is pressure to pass the ball just because if the running game is ineffective for one play or two, all of a sudden the drive's over and that team that you haven't stopped all night has the ball again. So I do agree the Steelers didn't look good. Uh, I just thought as a team, they really let Ben Roethlisberger down. I almost said Rapisberger because you have that in the notes. So. <laughs> uh, for Ian, really, that's kind of his thing. Um, I don't see how many penalties they had here, but... Oh, here we go. Pittsburgh had 9 for 75 yards. That certainly didn't help him uh, either. I kind of expected that number to be higher. Like I said, watching the game, it seemed like there was certainly a lot of penalties on Pittsburgh, and maybe it was just that they were big penalties at just the wrong time that made it seem like they really killed Some of them were declined. More. Some of them were declined as well. So... Uh, I, was yeah. back, I was just backing you up. I was. Oh. <laughs> I was uh, that's why I was confused for a minute. Flabbergasted to be to be agreed <laughs> with. Um, is there anything else for this game? Now nah, let's move on. There's so many other games. Okay, uh, just re- real quick, I want to squeeze in my weird stat of the day here. So now that I mean we haven't gone over the other games yet, but week two is done. Every team has played, so the stats are even. And my weird stat of the day is that the Ravens are first in pass attempts per game with 45 and a half, but what do you think they are in actual passing yards per game? What rank? I'm looking at the stat that you have written down well, so you're, I can tell you what it is. Well, you're not supposed to. I was trying to get you to guess. But, uh, yeah, first in attempts, 12th in actual yardage. And that is insane to me that the Ravens, this supposedly run team, with this team with Joe Flacco at quarterback, is leading the league in pass attempts. That's just crazy to me. 62 in one game, and that'll, that'll skew the number up. Yeah, but, he, I mean, still 29 in this one. That's I mean, it's not obscenely high, but that's still first in the league, and that just blows my mind. Week five, that won't be the case. Oh, I, I mean, for the Ravens' case, I hope not. But all right, No, so... for my case, because we have to watch this team. and we think <laughs> Joe Flacco the No, we don't. Nobody wants to watch Joe Flacco throw the football. All right. Let's move on to the Sunday games, uh, and we will do this. Let's see. Well, let's start with that uh, New Orleans Cleveland game first. Then, Woo-hoo. first of all, round of applause to me. This is where, if we had drops in our uh, show, I would take a moment, and the crowd would applaud me and all held me. Maybe some sort of chanting, as if I'm an emperor being paraded down his kingdom's main avenue. Now, <laughs> those are also words, Daniel. The words that exist. You know, the, the good thing about the great thing about this game was I saw it coming. Uh, New, England, New England, New Orleans has lost four straight on the road, make it five now. Uh, they average almost ten points less on the road than they do outside of domes. They're just not as explosive. Uh, Cleveland did a great job getting to the passer early on in this game. Drew Brees was never comfortable until Mark Ingram was given the ball. He started gashing Cleveland, and that really started to open up the, the Saints passing game again. And then <laughs> this is guy in New Orleans. His name's Jimmy Graham. He's pretty good. Um, and Sean Payton remember that in the second half, and they got 
<clears throat> a couple of great drives and looked like they were going to win this game, especially when they punt it back to Brian Hoyer and he was in the same position he was last week. Go get a field goal and win it. But this time, Brian did it. And thank God, because we spared ourselves another week of Johnny Manziel. Because literally every game this guy loses, it just it just ticks closer to the Johnny Manziel era. Even though we saw Johnny a little bit in this game, hand the ball off and overthrow someone. So it was awesome. And uh, it's my proudest moment besides the birth of my child. So. <laughs> I don't, that's, I feel like that's kind of sad, but, all right, um, yeah, the, the Cleveland defense really surprised me in this game, mostly in the first half, (laughs) because the second half they did kind of struggle, but they managed to hold on, uh, but they, they had the Saints start off with four straight punts, I mean, that's, oof, their first four drives, punts, and then held them to a field goal. They were in them, they were in Breeze's face, man, he had no time to pass, he looked so uncomfortable. It's just something you just you don't see often, but you know I thought the Cleveland Browns would be able to execute this game. Joe Hayden's this shut down corner, and he shut down Marquise Colston or whatever his name is, and the rest of the Saints receivers do what Saints receivers do. They disappear <laughs> at times, and sometimes they come back in the third quarter, and sometimes they don't come back to the next week. So it's a big game for Cleveland. Uh, as they move forward, you know, maybe they can get a run going. And Josh, hey, Josh Gordon will be back in eight weeks. So maybe, possibly. Um, the other thing I wanted to say here is that their their rushing game there was really good. Like surprisingly, for for you know, two guys that didn't carry the ball last year. I'm pretty sure neither of them did. Uh, Terrence West, 19 for 68, a touchdown, and Isaiah Crowell, 11 for 54. Those numbers don't sound pretty, uh, but they I feel like they both had uh, pretty good games. Oh, yeah, they definitely did. There's some issues with the Saints defense. Um, it's been well-documented all across the NFL blogosphere. Uh, yeah, it's hard to say whether it's the play calling, it's the personnel. I mean, they did get eaten up week one by Matt and Ryan in the dome, which is no shame in that, but to think that they can't stop Terrence West and Isaiah Crowley. Crowell. In a, same difference. In a big drive. <laughs> oh, excuse me, on a big, uh, pretty big game for the Saints because, you know, the 0-2 rule, 88% of the teams don't make the playoffs. And, you know, it's... This there was, you go, Saints. There this... you go. I mean, this was a hell of a game to watch. Uh, if you didn't get to see it, go out and buy NFL Game Rewind. It's worth it. Or acquire it through some means and and watch it because it's good. It's... Or just come to this podcast, um, send me an email, and I'll recite to you play-by-play. Play. <laughs> Can't pass up an offer like that. All right, so let's move on to the next one, the Patriots at the Vikings, uh, the Patriots won 30-7. to seven. Um, oof. This is why you watch football games, people, because if you look at the score, you'd be like, oh, my God, the Patriots, they did exactly what they thought they would. They bounced back and destroy the Vikings, and they did destroy the Vikings. But they but didn't look good doing it. Not at all. Nope. Not at all. I think 
the same. I was big on the Patriots. I still am. I'm starting to lose a little faith in that pick right now through two weeks because uh, the offense is terrible. It is. It's, it's awful. And look, hey, Julian Edelman's a lot better player than I ever thought he would be in this league. I was. I wanted to mention that he stepped up. His he, the one flaw in his game is that Brady cannot hit him deep. I don't know whether it's Julian being a little shorter, but they always seem to be just off. I can still see that throw that he missed him in the AFC Championship game. I see the throw that he missed him last week in Miami, and he missed him again this weekend against Minnesota. They're having a difficult time in linking up. Uh, I, don't, I mean, I feel like that's just Tom Brady in general lately has been having trouble with the long ball. I mean, his longest in this one was 44, and I don't even think all of that was through the air. You know, most of that was probably a uh, receiver doing the work. But, yeah, he was getting pressured. That offensive line is pretty awful. Uh, and I don't know I don't know what it is, but Tom Brady just does not look like Tom Brady lately. You know, Sam Watson on Pro Football uh, Focus – had a really controversial article about Tom Brady not being a top five quarterback anymore. And it kind of rattled the cages. I said that Russell Wilson would be a top five quarterback this year. So someone had to come out and it looks like that guy's going to be Brady. I think Peyton's still there. Rogers, there. Breeze is still there. Um, Manning. I'm missing. Manning. Did I say Manning, <laughs> didn't I? Manning, uh, Rogers, Breeze. Who's the fourth guy? It's always a fourth guy. They just used to saying Brady, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. Brady's not going to be in that top five conversation anymore. Um, now, if he goes out and wins the Super Bowl and they go 14-2, I eat my words, but I think we have enough evidence to know that New England's offense is changing. Unless Aaron Dobson lives up to that second round potential and becomes that deep threat, this team's in a lot of trouble against a good defense. I think if you're a Minnesota fan – you're, you have to be upset that Adrian Peterson's a child abuser because the Patriots off defense can't stop the run. They were 27th in the league last year. No Sean Moreno at 223 when he played with the Broncos last week at a buck 24. And this is a game Adrian Peterson could have dominated. They could have kept the Patriots offense off the field, but instead, uh, you know, they unleashed Matt Castle. Yeah, 36 attempts from Castle. Was that really what needed to happen in this game? I feel like if... I mean, I know I just got through saying that Brady's not Brady, but if you are thinking that the way you're going to win this game is to match up Matt Castle against Tom Brady in a shootout, uh, you're wrong. Matt Castle's terrible. And for all the New England, all the Minnesota Viking fans who are hype after week one, I told you that he was terrible. And... You just beat a terrible St. Louis team. This guy, I mean, he threw four picks. He threw two on the two possessions after they scored a touchdown. One that Devin McCourty took to the one, and the next one set up a field goal. So 17 to 7. And he has a solid drive. Chandler Jones blocks a field goal. They run it in 24 7. Game over. Next game. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so. Wait. Harrison Smith's good. I like him. You like him? You like the, the cut of his jib? I don't know what that means, but I feel like it's sexual, <laughs> so I'm going to say no. 
Alright, next up, let's move on to the game I know you're really excited to talk about. Seattle at San Diego. Seattle lost 21 to San Diego's 30. Sad game for me for a Seattle Supersonics. Oops, wrong sport. Seattle Seahawks <laughs> uh, defensive supporter. You know, it, it's such, really, though, in all honesty, such an interesting game because you wonder if San Diego has given the blueprint of how to beat Seattle. The longest pass is 21 yards. The longest rush was 16. Um, they just kept plays alive, stayed out of long third downs, and just kept nickel and diamond Seattle down the field. They ran the no huddle, uh, keeping the Seattle pass rushers from changing out and eliminating the pass rush. And another thing in this game, Philip Rivers had 11 carries for 17 yards. And it sounds terrible, but what he did was avoid sacks. Yeah. He just wasn't getting sacked. He would get a yard, maybe nothing, maybe half a yard, but he wasn't losing seven. He wasn't losing eight. Well, and the Chance... other, I'm sorry. The other thing he was doing is uh, what Rodgers should have done in that first game, which is when everybody's oh. covered, which oh. happens pretty often, <laughs> when everybody's covered, which happens pretty often against the Seattle defense, scramble. Throw it away or scramble. And that's what Rivers did. He either threw it away or, more often, he would take off, get one, well, get two, don't take the sack. Well, also, the Chargers line was good. The Packers line it was awful. Was yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Okay, there's a lot. But know. there were there were definitely times in that game where I know I don't want to talk about last week, but he could have scrambled. And Phillip Rivers did that, and like he said, eleven for seventeen doesn't sound pretty, uh, but it was it was far more effective. Another thing I really liked about this game was for the first time the Seattle offense had to play with pressure. Where each possession was crucial. They have not played like that in a very long time, probably since that Niner-Seattle game. And even then, that wasn't as much pressure because you knew your defense was going to get stops. They weren't getting stops, uh, uh, Seattle. They got one or two late. But twice, Russell Wilson had the ball with a chance to go get the win. They didn't get it. They didn't even get a first down. So he could have bailed out his defense and really changed the outlook of the of this game and outlook of how everyone's looking at Seattle right now. Just after one game, I don't think anyone's losing their mind, but it was just interesting to see. I don't know. Some people are losing their minds, but... Uh, Who? Who's losing their mind? I mean... So I listened to a lot of the, the ESPN radio stuff, and oh boy. everybody was shocked, just completely shocked that San Diego could beat the Seahawks. And I mean, it's surprising... But I'm not shocked, especially watching that game, the way it started. I kind of knew, you know, it's it was going to end with San Diego pulling out the win. So I don't know how much else there really is to talk about this game. You already mentioned the, you know, this is this the blueprint to beat them? And I'm curious to watch Seattle the rest of the season and see how many other teams try this against them and and how effective it is. But you got to stay patient too, and you got to have. Per- I mean, your quarterback's got to play perfect. Philip Rivers' numbers won't look perfect, but he played damn near perfect in this game. That, that's tough. Yep. Uh, and he found uh, Antonio Gates, who I think we all had lost lately. Uh, found him three times in the end zone. Seven receptions, ninety-six yards, three touchdowns. That's Antonio Gates' best game of the year. He he was amazing. I mean the. He was great, but the couple of those throws that Phillip Rivers made was just absolutely, I mean, unreal. Just unreal. Just beautiful. In the 
only spot, of course, the cliche where the receiver could get it, but it it fits. I don't care. Yeah, he's he's continuing that big bounce back year from last year. And you wonder why I wouldn't trade him to my fantasy team. Wait, By the way, when was this? Was this well, last you, year? No, no. You you told Ian that why did I deem Philip Rivers untouchable? And let the record show because you you're not man enough to tell the world that I beat you in fantasy this week. Oh, no, you beat me by four points. When I went to bed, it was two points, but when I woke up, it was four. And trust me, everybody at work knows that you beat me by four points, and when I went to bed, it was two, but when I woke up, it was four. Oh. I've been, I've been, yeah, I've been complaining about it a lot. Next, this week, I play Ian as I go to 0-3. I respect this team. They're, uh, they're dangerous. But, you know. I think you meant to say as you go to 3-0. and did I say that? Did I say 0-3? Yeah, you did. All right, let's stop talking about our fantasy league uh, and move on. Uh, the Falcons lost to the Bengals 24-10. Uh, Is this a game we're breaking down a lot, or we're just... Nah. Some of these games, yeah, we can just breeze through. Um, Buffalo beat Miami 29. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, I got no. something to say about Cincinnati. Man. Okay. I didn't know if you wanted a long soliloquy. Let me tell you something. These teams could have played a hundred times, and Cincinnati would have won a hundred times. This is Mike Nugent, the Cincinnati kicker, missed three <laughs> field goals in the first half. This is domination. There's one point, I think, in the third quarter. Matt Ryan had 66 passing yards. Oof. Reggie Nelson is a safety slash defensive end. He was ridiculous. <laughs> and the fun thing about this game, both teams were chippy. You thought it was a division rivals. They could not stand each other. So many after the whistle stuff, punches. I think the Falcons were really annoyed, and they could really with being beaten up so viciously on both sides in the ball. I think they, you know, they realized they were just not man enough. No, they they, got, they were not man enough to handle the Red Rocket. They didn't even get. I mean, not that Dalton had a bad game, but they got pounded on the ground. I mean, Giovanni Bernard had 27 uh, carries for 90 yards, and uh, Jeremy Hill had 15 carries for 74 yards. Listen, when you're down to your third option at left tackle against you know Atkins and Duck Carlos Dunlap, good luck. All right, good luck. This is this is for everyone who lost their mind about the Falcons in Week One. Okay, it's it's one week, people. Yeah, they're I, they're still much closer to the Falcons we saw last year than uh, the Falcons we we used to hear about. Uh, you ready to move on now? Yes, I am. All right. So Buffalo beat Miami, uh, twenty nine to ten. Let me tell you something. I got something to say about this game. First of all. I don't know what what happened to the Miami team that was in that played last week, but they didn't come to Buffalo. The, the, off, the offensive line turned into the offensive line a year ago for Tannehill. He that cumulative pressure to the started seeing shadows, players that weren't really there. You know, the Buffalo defensive line dominated early, and then. When Ryan did get some time, he was just bad, man. I mean, he just he just can't throw the deep ball. You know, I, I'm, I, I'm, I thought he'd have a breakout season, but if he doesn't correct that soon enough, it it's going to be another lost year for him. He's going to be staring at the crossroads of his career. Uh, Got to give Buffalo some credit, though. E.J. Manuel played a nice, clean game. C.J. Spiller, what a, 
what a huge second half. He returns a touchdown, 102 yards, and then has a 47-yard run to set up another touchdown. And uh, I was shocked Buffalo won this game. I definitely was shocked. Uh, I wouldn't say I was shocked. Um, I'm kind of surprised that it, it it wasn't really close. Um, it was close-ish. Yeah. The the Buffalo defense, I think, is is for real. I mean, yeah, they, they maybe Brian Tannehill for all his yards, dude. He had like sixty on the last possession when they were already down nineteen. So that just lets you know, he had two hundred and forty in the game. It wasn't even it wasn't even a good two forty. He was a terrible two forty. Yeah, the only thing that worries me about the Bills is that offense seems to me very big play dependent, and they seem to have trouble closing uh, their first couple of drives punt field goal field goal field goal punt punt touchdown touchdown field goal I mean a lot of field goals not enough touchdowns still points so you'll take it but that uh, that that defense really kept him in it I mean <laughs> looking at the other side the the Dolphins drives punt blocked punt 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 end of half that is that is a terrible first half. Yeah, they they were so bad in the first half that they had like a quit drive. They were like third and seven. They ran a draw, and then like a minute left to go in the first half, they just like nailed it. it like, <laughs> By the way, there's a lot of block punts so far in the season, or maybe I'm just watching every game now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, f- I felt like that too, but it could just be the same thing as uh, having NFL game rewind the season and being able to watch them all. Yeah, there was couple of blocked punts and at least one blocked field goal that I recall. So. Yeah, same game. One game had both of those. Yeah, games. yeah. Alright, so let's move on to, to your favorite game of the week, I think. Uh, Dallas defeating Tennessee 26-10. to 10. We need to have a proper sort of like, we need to have like a drop or something before we talk about Dallas. Like, <laughs> it can be like, I, my team, your team, our team. America's team. Oh, something. God. Something beautiful. That makes like, me sick to my stomach when people call Dallas America's team. We are. Um, a lot of Dallas fans in Nashville in this game, by the way. You know, this is this. As a Cowboy fan, I knew Romo wasn't going to play two bad weeks in a row. He really does. The team really does. There's a reason they're 8-8 eight and eight for the last three years. <laughs> they're pretty much a 500 squad, though. Look great against a, a top-notch team, but do enough to shoot themselves in the foot. What you take from this game as a Cowboy fan is you hope that they've decided that Demarco Murray is the real deal, and that they are deciding to finally build their offense around him and a great offensive line, and make Romos' impact on the game lessened. Safe throws, throws off play action after you've pounded a team into submission. Keep that defense off the field. And maybe that's a recipe for a playoff run. If they go, which, look, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> Next week, we're almost going to throw the ball 47 times. <laughs> and they'll lose 38-35 when whoever picks it off runs it back to the house with no time left on the clock. Uh, I completely agree about uh, DeMarco Murray needing to be the focal point of that offense because he is the best weapon on that offense. Um the other thing that worries me is his injury history. 
you know, with the increased workload, you would just hope he wouldn't get banged up. But yeah, when it's working, you got to go with it. And it's been working lately, and they just haven't been going with it. Sorry, I yawned. I was going to make a point about Tennessee. Go for it. And the, the league is just... <laughs> I mean, he looked good last week, and I was really impressed. I had some notes. I was like, man, he made some really good professional throws. Are That's you talking like, about Jake Locker? Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure you just called him Tennessee. <laughs> I want everyone to know it's like 105 a.m. <laughs> Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, but, you're here for the late show. You know... He, he was good. And uh, whoa, whoa. What? Uh, I only saw snippets of this game. No, he was good in Kansas City. It's what. Oh, point okay. Was. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He was not good against Dallas. Oh, right? okay. He was overthrowing receivers. Anyone named Delaney Walker wasn't getting looked at. What? Delaney Walker had like ten catches above forty-two. Oh well, the, the way you said that was anybody named Delaney Walker was not getting looked at. You mean anybody not named Delaney Walker was not getting looked at? Yes, thank you, okay. Drew, for being the grammar Nazi and well, on my balls I, right now. I, I'm sorry, you said that, and I was completely confused because I was like, "What are you talking about? He's the only one who did catch the ball." Can we not fix that in posts? No, of course not. Fix. Why would I fix that? Could all of a sudden you just like put in like your voice, like not the lady walker, like edit my <laughs> you know I mean? anyway. Uh, yeah, so Locker, <laughs> he is what he is, man. He'll be up one week, he'll be down the next week. Uh, Big year for him. Not a good game. How about that Bishop Sankey? Your team. My team. <laughs> Our team. America's team. All right. Let's move on to uh, Ian's heartbreak. Uh, Carolina beating Detroit 24-7. to I'm glad Ian's on this podcast so I can shit all over Detroit. <laughs> I mean, you, you could anyway, even if you were here, but... Then it just kind of feels like, like, yeah, it feels like kicking a man when he's down. Yeah, and plus we have to save up. We have to stick together since somehow the Cowboys and the Lions have had the same run of luck the last 10 years. How how bad is the – how far have the Cowboys fallen when <laughs> we're sharing pain with Lion fans? Uh, well, I mean, I feel like it's a little bit like meeting in the middle. You know, Lions have gotten a little better. Dallas has fallen a little bit. No, it's like no matter what, you expect your team to lose on Sunday. Like no matter what's <laughs> happening, it's like, oh, here it comes. And if it didn't happen that Sunday, it's going to happen the next Sunday. But the disappointing thing, first of all, Lions, you need a new kicker. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's this guy's name, Nick Breeze? Uh, yeah, i got to look it up here, but something like that. He, freeze, something freeze. Uh, where is it? He kicked the field goal. That was so far right. <laughs> the net. Yeah, saw that. Yeah, it's Nate Freeze, and I, I, I texted. <laughs> I texted Ian right after that one, and uh, just to check if he was okay, because I know that last last week he almost had a heart attack uh, with Freeze's missed field goal. So, oof. yeah. If you would have said, if you would have said. Cam Newton threw the ball 34 times and the Carolina front four couldn't get to Matt Stafford. I'd say Detroit won this game 24-7. Yeah, you would think. But I don't care what the numbers say, the Carolina secondary 
covered the hell out of Calvin Johnson and Golden Tate. And Eric Ebron, Justin Furrier, Brandon Frederick, whatever, three-headed, slightly monsterish tight end. <laughs> this is the only team with three tight ends that really aren't very good. Like, they're all good. They're all solid. But well, none of them are good. Yeah, I mean, like, their best is Brandon Stonehand's Pettigrew, so. They're like a Voltron of <laughs> Of mediocre players. <laughs> that all become good if you could somehow combine them. But anyway, uh, you know, the Lions offense just couldn't, I'm just shocked they were covered so well. I And I didn't feel like the Lions defense was well prepared for the Carolina game plan, which they shouldn't have been, honestly. I mean, who would have thought Carolina would be slinging it around the field to Jason Devon and Jericho Cotri, guys that Greg Olson. fun. Yeah, I mean, Greg Olson's good. He's, I mean, he's not He's not in that level. I know. Still, that's that's what's surprising. Is like you, I mean, you expect him to be there. You expect him to be reliable. But, I mean, he was the – he was he had he, – he led the receiving core of the Panthers. I mean, that's – that's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, just a shocking game. Um, I picked Carolina in five games before the season, and obviously I was wrong. That defense is nasty. Yeah. And my dark horse not looking so bad anymore, is it? No. And Seahawks had the best defense in the league last year, but if you talk about the quarterbacks this team's going to face this year, and if they can somehow, you know, still finish in the top two. They have an argument to be the best defense in the league because they get to play Breeze twice, Ryan twice, and they already face Calvin Johnson and Matthew Stafford. So, you know, hats off to Carolina. Still a long season to go, but I'm, I'm shocked. They've got to uh, face Aaron Rodgers and the Packers too later this season. Good luck, Aaron. And Jay Cutler and the Bears. Oh, Jay. Which, which, not that Jay Cutler is elite, but there's a lot of weapons there. And it's just a. We'll get to that game, but... It just depends on what, what Jay Cutler does the week before. Got 400 yards and four touchdowns, he's due for a two-pick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 196, 19, <laughs> or 42 game. Six sacks. Oof. Yeah. All right, so we can move on to the Arizona-New uh, uh, York Giants game. Arizona won 25-14. Was I the only person who was not a Giants or Cardinal fan that watched this in America? Holy hell. Yeah, I didn't watch it. I mean, I probably will later this week, just because I've seen almost every other game, but this one's probably going to be last on the list. I just don't care. This was, this was my Bengals-Ravens game of the week. We should have, like, a name. <laughs> For the terrible for matchup of the week. Oh, this is just bad. Let me tell you something. Drew Stanton and Eli Manning. Listen, Eli has fallen so far. I cannot watch him throw fadeaway deep balls anymore. He's oh. like he's like a he's like Kobe. He like shakes his shoulder, turns from the basket and just throws it up. That's what Eli looks like. <laughs> that is the yeah. only time in his life Eli Manning has ever been compared to Kobe Bryant. <laughs> and guess what? They both miss a lot. About yeah. that. I mean, you know, the offensive line is terrible. Just absolutely terrible. They cannot they can't run the ball. They can't throw the ball. The receivers can't catch the ball now. Uh, the defense, you know, I'll give them credit. They played okay. I mean, it was Drew Stanton. I'm not going to lose my mind, you know, with how well the defense have played. But, yeah. Giants, man, they look – I said 5-11. and 11. They may be 
lucky to win five games. This is a bad football team. I thought Rashard Jennings had some like low key fantasy value. No, this guy is a bum. And if no. he's your best back, you're a bum team. I mean, if you wanna if you wanna talk fantasy, I've got him in a couple leagues, and he's actually a really good PPR play. Non PPR, don't bother. But yeah, okay, so he's getting one catch for Four. six yards for forty five. All right, well, that was last <laughs> week. Good job, Rashard. What did he do against the Lions? Uh, I don't remember, but he got me, I think, 18 points that week, too. Let me tell you something. I'm looking at your rundown. You have Jacksonville and Washington. Look, yeah. you can't have two shitty games going back, <laughs> back to, to back. back. <laughs> well, what, am I, what am I supposed to do? Slide the, that St. Louis-Tampa game up? Like, oh, man. <laughs> I mean, all that's left now is shitty games until we get to Sunday night. You know, the St. Louis-Tampa game was... Let's just do this no, it was a good game, but it sounds on paper like it would be shitty. Okay, so Jacksonville... Lost to Washington, uh, forty-one to ten. Uh, RG three uh, dislocated his ankle without breaking his fibula, which is apparently very difficult to do. Uh, so he's showing his skill yet again, uh, and was replaced by Kirk Cousins, here, who led soon. them, who led them to victory. <laughs> look, they, look, Jay Gruden could have suited up at quarterback yeah. and left them to victory. <laughs> Jacksonville's terrible. Yeah, and people are going to say, "Oh, but they were up seventeen nothing on the Eagles." Go look at that game. Yeah, watch that look- game. That was just a conflux of ridiculousness that led to that. And then the Eagles woke up and went, "Oh shit, we're playing Jacksonville," and yeah, it like, was over. This week, look, I mean, Chad Henney's getting paid very handsomely to stand in there and get his head pounded in. They're not putting Blake Bortles behind that offensive line right now. You cannot. No. You you will turn him into Blaine Gabbert, David Carr. The dude, Ryan Kerrigan would have four and a half sacks, and I don't know how many other times he was just pressuring. Chad Eddie. Chad Eddie had no chance. Jacksonville had no chance defensively. They were when they the backs weren't getting burnt. They were getting flags. This is a mismatch. All up and down the field, you wonder who Jacksonville pissed off to have to go on the road to open the first two games. Um, you know this game is all about Kirk Cousins and the future of the Washington Redskins. You know Mike Shanahan took a lot of flack for drafting Cousins the same year he took RG three, but it looks like a smart move now to me, man. Yeah, um, it's certainly working out now because I mean Griffin could miss anywhere from six weeks to the rest of the season from what I understand. So having somebody like cousins there, who is, I would say he is a above average backup. He is a serviceable starter for sure. So, yeah, it's, uh, this is about whether RG three can come back and whether, which RG three comes back. You know, the first two possessions of this game, I mean, the first two possessions, he had a read option. And he looked good. He looked spry. You know, it's, it's just can't stay healthy. And he got hurt in college. He got hurt his, you know, his first year in the league. Last year he came back too hurt. Too, I mean, too early. And now this year he's hurt again. I mean, he's a guy that gets hurt. And you just hope it doesn't take away his career. But generally, once you once you start down this road, you don't come back from it. So. All right, let's try to pick it up here and move on to the 
the next game we got uh, St. Louis just squeaking out a win over Tampa, 19-17. to And this was the most surprising, entertaining game, I think, of the week. I don't know about you, but I went to this game fully expecting to hate it. And then just feeling, because I just watched like six, seven games. And I'm just like, oh, God, I got to get through a Tampa-St. Louis game. And it turned out to be fun as hell. Oh, yeah. This was, yeah, I've, the same thing. You know, I'm, I'm picking the games to watch. I'm going through at work today. And I think I finished the Carolina-Detroit game, which was all right. And then I'm like, all right, which one next? Uh, I suppose I should watch this St. Louis-Tampa one. So I put that one on when I got home. And, yeah, this was a lot of fun to watch, especially considering how much of a ground game this was on both sides. Yeah, and, and all that, but look at all the freaky things that happened in this game. Let's talk about Josh McCown had two touchdowns runs. Yeah, two rushing touchdowns. Yeah, the only two touchdowns that Tampa had um, were McCown the Rams rushing blocked, touchdowns. They blocked a punt and a field goal. Uh, there was a lightning storm at halftime. Yeah. Uh, we saw Austin Davis go start a drive at the nine yard line and then make. A 27-yard completion to Austin Pettis right before the field goal kick. That was straight. I mean, it was that, like Brett Farvish. He stood in there and got rocked. Which, Austin Pettis got rocked. He got rocked on the reception. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that he you know, stood in there with ice water in his veins because before that, uh, I think it was just before the second half started, there's a play where he's about to get sacked. And he just goes down. He just ducks down like a like a five year old at his first first game, just terrified to get hit. I I I I can only imagine if I'm taking a snap and I look back, there's this three hundred pound raging black man running towards <laughs> me. Like what I would do. I'm not saying I wouldn't do the same thing. I'm just saying it was hilarious to watch an NFL quarterback do that. Oh yeah, it's. I think he had a moment of realization. Like he was like, "Wow, this is some scary shit." Like, <laughs> yeah. And you know that guy's like has like a super focused eyes and probably breathing really heavy. He also but, had. I'm sorry, God. No, not God, but I was just gonna say. Also on that on that pass you mentioned, he. I'm pretty sure it was that one. That was <laughs> probably mechanically one of the worst throws ever. If, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, if that's the correct pass, he jumped to his non-throwing side and threw back across the like across his across the field, if I can use my words here, to get that completion. It just looked awful. What are you talking about the the throw to Pettis before the field goal? I I, I want to say it was that one. I, no, I, no, no, that was that was straight. Tom Brady in his prime. That was okay. beautiful. I'm, I'm not sure what drive that was on, but it was for a big gain, and mm. it's, yeah, kind of blended together. I watched like eight, eight and a half games today, so. And then the craziest part of this game might have been the last drive for Tampa Bay. Gain the ball with 38 seconds at their own 20. They get a quick dump off to Bobby Rainey, spike the ball, and then find Mike Evans for a 29-yard completion. And as the team is running up to spike the ball, Mike Evans is hit and hurt and unable to get up. With eight seconds left. 
Yeah, eight seconds. That's the best. That's the important part. Yep. The training staff runs onto the field. They have no timeouts, and by rule, if a player cannot get off the field in his own power, and you have no timeouts, there's a ten-second runoff. So with eight seconds, you run ten seconds off. Some of you morons actually did well in fourth grade. <laughs> you know that there's no time left. And the smart ones, you say, Tampa owes the league two seconds. So That was nuts. I just haven't seen a game like that in a long time. Yeah, like you said, a lot of crazy things happened. <laughs> we can move on. All right, so then let's move on to the Kansas... Wait, 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 oh, wait, oh, before, oh, we move on. Oh. before we move on. Okay. Tampa Bay is not going to be good this season. I just want to be right about that. I know I was wrong about oh, Carolina. Yeah. I just want to be right about Tampa Bay. I, no. I I agree. I think the only player on Tampa Bay who's going to be even halfway decent is going to be probably Bobby Rainey, and he'll be all right, but I don't think he's going to be great or anything. Now we can go. All right. So next up, then, we've got uh, Denver's 24-17 defeat of Kansas City which uh, I think sounds a little closer than it was. I thought it was a close game. I was shocked Denver's looked this bad. They miss Wes Walker. They do. Uh, I know it's odd to say a team that scored 55 points in the first two games <laughs> offense looks bad, but they are, it doesn't look the same. Uh, Kansas City's a bad football team, and they hung around this game a long time. They actually had the ball with a chance to go get a win, and maybe if their field goal kicker you know, wasn't drinking – Allegedly, you know, he'd make a huge field goal that could have got this game a lot closer. But I, I, I just can't understand how on the at home, excuse me, on the road, Kansas City had the ball. What a chance to tie! I mean, Alex Smith played well at times. You know, he extended a lot of plays with his feet because God knows those receivers need at least ten seconds to get open. Donnie Avery, Dwayne Bowe, and Travis Kelce. Gosh. But uh, that, that I want to see how this team reacts when they get West back. But there are some holes, and they need to figure it out. And going up to the Seattle next week is not the cure. Or will it? So, And then the Chiefs defense now they lost Eric Berry. I'm not sure how long he's out for, but that team's decimated. No one believed in them. We all thought they were coming back, and it looks like it's happening. Yeah, that that defense, we said it at the beginning of the year, isn't going to be as good as last year, isn't going to look half as good as last year, and all these injuries are certainly not helping. Yeah, I got to give Andy Reid credit for this team even being in this game. I mean, to me, that was good coaching. Just because they're this is a bad football team. Where are the playmakers? Uh, the only thing I really wanted to point out about this game is that uh, Emmanuel Sanders continues to frustrate De- uh, Demarius Thomas owners, uh, such as myself. Let the record show I was laughed at and said I was reaching for Emmanuel Sanders and I was reaching for Julian Edelman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's laughing now? Who's laughing now, uh, Lee Justice type? What words are you using? I want to say the Justice League, but I forgot the name of the league. <laughs> I like how you just threw the word type in there. I don't know. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on to the Green Bay-New uh, York Jets game. Uh, Green Bay won 31-24. to I can hear you smiling over there. I'm, the I'm sorry. I'm so happy. But part of what made me happy, uh, because 
this game started off real shaky. But part of what made me happy, especially about them starting off shaky, is that so I was following along a couple of uh, Packer websites and on the the Packers subreddit of Reddit, and everybody was losing their goddamn minds when we were down fourteen to nothing. Including yourself? No, no, I was not losing my mind. I was. Ups- uh, I, I guess was... I got a drink. Hashtag okay. wealth. <laughs> that was not the order those words were in, but that is the general idea of what I said, but not because I thought we couldn't come back, but because I was upset that we gave up 14 points to the Jets that quickly. So I was not freaking out, and you can you can check my chat history. I was telling everybody to calm down. It's the Jets. It's two touchdowns. Green Bay could totally come back from this. This, this offense is not going to have a problem coming back from this. And guess what? I was right. I don't even want to say anything good about the Packers. Just the hatred towards Packer fans. Just don't want to say anything good. But I have to be fair and balanced. So I'll break the game down. Early on, this game, this game was a simple game. The Jets have they have no defensive backs. It's well known as an issue for this team. Early on, the Jets were able to get to Aaron Rodgers and pressure him a little bit, keeping him in the pocket without letting him see downfield. Jets do well. Jets stop getting defensive pressure. All of a sudden, those D-backs have to cover for more than two seconds, it seemed, because some of those passes were like just coming out, like snap, high throw. What? Well, they, and, should, they should. That's that's kind of a problem with Rodgers is holding on to it too long and looking downfield too much when he could go for an eight-yard pass. He doesn't want it because he wants to get that 30-yarder. But You just sounded like the guy who's dating the model with <laughs> 34Cs. Slim waist, fat ass. Oh, her left toe is bigger than her. <laughs> Shut up. I think you sound like. But anyway, as soon as that Jets defense stopped in the pass, Rodgers ate him up. It was too easy. I had no fear the Packers were going to come back and win this game. Uh, but they go 97 yards before the half in a minute 13. You, you come on. That 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 was it. That was it. Packers were right down the field. 21-16. Uh, Jets do shoot themselves in the foot with the offensive coordinator timeout. Yeah. But, I mean, still, the Packers are getting the ball back. Jordan Nelson had 209 yards. They hadn't shown any ability to stop them since the first two or three possessions. So I I just have a hard time believing all of a sudden they were going to get that stop. Uh, Packers had to get this win. Definitely couldn't fall to 0-2. Uh, even though it's not that big of a deal in that division, but still, you just actually in that division, high. it is kind of a big deal to fall to zero and two. I mean, with the Bears and the Lions both being halfway decent teams, uh, and having the potential to be better than halfway decent, I oh, think yeah. falling zero and two in that division would be a, kind of a big deal. Both those teams are eight and eight. That's it. Those the Lions, the Lions, and the Bears are both eight and eight teams. Yes, they're eight and eight teams. The, the their offenses will play great one week to carry the mistakes that the defenses make, and the next week, you know. All right, and and, and what is Dallas? Eight and eight. So you think the Lions and the Bears will both end with the same record as Dallas? As the Cowboys. I think that's insanity. But what Dallas and Dallas, Chicago, and Detroit have all been eight and eight, seven and nine for three seasons now. This is something that these teams do. This is this is we have a track record. This is the history of this. 
I, I, I just think if you compare the Lions to Dallas and if you compare the Bears to Dallas. Okay, they may have a better team, but guess what? <laughs> They'll be 8-8. Eight eight I, 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 I look forward to looking back at the end of the season to see which one of us is right. And, you know, it, it very well could be you. What was the Bears record last year? 8-8. Uh, eight eight. Okay. 8-8. Eight Shackers were 8-7-1. One division, yep. remember. Yep. yep. Correct. Houston-Oakland. Yeah. There was an exciting game. J.J. Watt got a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, that's... Talk about weird shit happening all weekend. Uh, yeah, Houston beat Oakland 30-14, uh, to 14, and I don't think it was that close. No, no, no. I just want to take a moment to say that my AOC South pick is two games up in the division over the Colts. And uh, we can we can stay here and talk more about this team. I can hear game. you I can hear you smiling, Daniel. Oh, I'm I'm doing more than smiling. <laughs> oh, that poor pillow. I can say something. There's nothing there's not a better feeling in football when than when you hit on a team. And I know it's early, but boy. 0-2 Colts, 2-0 Texans. I feel good right now. Yeah, I think that I think that Colts thing is going to turn around. I don't think they're going to be awful, but I also don't think they're a lock to win that division, like we mentioned. Let's go to Sunday night games. And because the only reason I want to go to Sunday night game is because I'm looking at your top performers. You have Kaepernick as the top performer when he had one touchdown and three picks, and Jay Cutler had four touchdowns. Okay, those are literally copy-pasted from ESPN. Okay, I'm just making sure. Just for our personal use, um, okay. and yeah, I, I'm I'm not really sure why that's that way. Okay, I'm just fair enough. I should have caught it beforehand. So yeah, twenty three for thirty four. Uh, Jay Cutler, one hundred and seventy six yards and four touchdowns. I'm pretty sure their system just automatically pulls whoever has the most yardage in a category and gives it to them. Would it be that lazy? Would, that would be that's my guess. Good. Yeah, that would be my guess. That you know, Kaepernick's two forty eight beats. Cutler's 176, but his interceptions didn't. And would it really have killed him to throw in one more interception? Would have made our game a lot closer. Uh, you might have won if you throw one more pick. If th- yeah, if you throw one more pick, I'm pretty sure I would have. I was sitting there uh, sweating bullets at the end. Oof. I was, oh man, I'm laying in bed Colin watching Kaepernick that. I Kaepernick on my team. Everybody. Yeah, yeah. I, I had Brandon Marshall playing against Colin Kaepernick and Vernon Davis. And I'm pretty sure we were both the same distance from a heart attack, which is to say not very far. Listen, I was was not worried um, after the first touchdown. I was you... not worried after the second touchdown. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> the third touchdown. I'm like, uh-oh, let's, let me check the score. I'm like, holy hell, I'm up two points. And then Vernon Davis leaves the field. <laughs> so no more points from him. Yep. And Colin Cavard threw another pick. I said, what the heck? a couple of late runs, a couple of late passes, and bada-bing, you know? Yeah, I was cursing the Bears' defense that night. Man, they, they gave everything they could, man. Yeah, but it wasn't enough. They 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 did, I mean, uh, what's that kid's name? The guy that had the, didn't he have two of those three picks? Uh, if you're asking me for a name? Yeah, bro, I know. I know. I, I'm drawing a I blank like on his name, and I cannot. Google it. I'll hold it down while you look. Let me tell you something about this game. It's the good Kaepernick and the bad Kaepernick. Kyle Fuller. He's a... There you go. <laughs> he's 
great enough to make to keep you in the games and to extend plays and to have you with a lead. And then sometimes he's bad enough to throw it all away. I've never seen him play that bad, but he literally gave them the game. If you look at the Bears, they don't have a lot of yards because they didn't have to go very far to score. Uh, yeah, can I point was... can I point something out in regards to yardage? Please, do sixteen that. penalties for one hundred and eighteen yards. Who was that Niners? Oh yeah, they yeah. were terrible. Yeah, they were bad. terrible. Yeah, them them and New England were bad this week. Two generally disciplined teams. They were horrible. But uh, I think the Niners may be kicking themselves about this game just because what it means for the future. When when every time when any time Seattle loses, you need to win just if you're trying to win that division. Especially since it's so key to not get the game up there. Excuse me, not to have a playoff game in that building. So this is definitely a setback. And they could have been up 2 0 with a lead on Seattle. And then, you know, it's early, but still, you can't poo poo that. Yeah. Um, I don't really have much else to say about this game. Uh, you mentioned Jay Cutler. This team really revolves around how well he does. You know which which Jay Cutler are you gonna get, and it just surprises me how many weapons they can surround him with, and it it's just it's still you know flip a coin. Uh, Jay Cutler, man. Yeah. So let's move on to the last game of the week, the Monday night game, the Philadelphia Eagles squeak one out over Indianapolis. Now this is the one game I did not watch this week, so I'll let you take over. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I this is also one of the very few games that I did not see this week either. Well, I know there were a lot of controversial calls in this week. Uh, this, excuse me, in this week in this game, uh, imaginary horse call tackle, a pass interference late. But we talked to Chuck Pagano. You know, he's not going to make those excuses. He talks about the turnovers they had late. Uh, Andrew Luck pick, Trent uh, Richardson fumble, Trent. Three-yard Trent actually looked good in this game. Uh, I was going to say, apparently, I'm looking at the, the the breakdown here, the box score here, and apparently Indianapolis had a pretty good run game. Uh, Trent Richardson, 21 for 79 yards, and Ahmad Bradshaw, 13 for 70. Yeah, they had, a, obviously, for the first time in a long time, they yeah. gave uh, Andrew Luck some help. But the Eagles, man, you know, Darren Sproles, oh, my fantasy wow. team, has uh Had a hell of a game. Emerged as their big play guy besides Deshaun Jackson. Emerged as their number Deshaun one Jackson. receiver. Yeah, he is. He is the Deshaun Jackson of the 2014 Eagles. He really they is. Got, they got this guy for a fifth round pick, and the way they go, Nick Foles, man, say what you want about him. I do think he's a good quarterback. I think outside the Philadelphia cocoon, he would be exposed, but he does well within that system. And uh, he got a late touchdown drive and have another late touchdown. I uh, love the late field goal uh, drive. So uh, all hats off to Philadelphia. I picked them to go in there and win this game, so I'm not shocked they won. So 2-0, 0-2 Colts. Let's start panicking. Let's start crowning. Yeah, I think uh, I think a fifth-round pick for a 31-year-old running back named Darren Sprawls was a steal. They are who we thought they were. <laughs> um. That that Eagles offense continues to be something kind of special. I uh, just wanted to point out their their first drive they had to play every twenty seconds. Holy hell! They mentioned that on the broadcast, and that just blew my mind. So, did Jay Gruden need to have his brow wiped by Mike Tirico? <laughs> Probably. Um, yeah. So that 
that was week two of the NFL, and it was crazy, and it was exciting. And uh, let's, do our, let's do our picks. I think well, – how long is this podcast? Uh, I thought we were going to do a second podcast this week and do the previews then. Oh, yeah, we should. How long was this podcast? Where are we uh, at? We are at just about an hour. Look at that. Yeah. It's pretty good, though. Oh, yeah, we can do a second. Let's do a second podcast, yeah. Yeah. So later this week, uh, we'll probably record – uh, Thursday or Friday, get it up Friday or Saturday so keep an eye out for that on the sportsid.net uh, we also post updates about that sort of thing on facebook.com slash the sportsid if you like us there, you can keep up to date with when podcasts go up and any other news and sometimes we just spread articles around so you can keep up with the NFL uh, you can also email us uh, otherwise Daniel will punch you in the face if he knows you uh, at the sportsid dot, sorry, the sportsid at gmail.com and you can follow us on the sports id. Oh, good lord, I am just fumbling it at 12.37 in the morning. Uh, and if you're wondering, no, we didn't go back in time. I'm in a different time zone than Daniel. Follow, us on, t- <laughs> follow us on Twitter, at the sports id. And the music coming up here at the end and at the very beginning of this episode was from Matthew Manninen of the Underground West. Check them out at theundergroundwest.bandcamp.com or on facebook.com slash theundergroundwest. Okay, uh, you know what we should do before we quit, real quick, is the preview of the Thursday game, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Atlanta Falcons. Oof. Ah, this is for us football junkies out here on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, Gerald McCoy, he's out, right? I think he's out for the season, maybe, or for a little longer. Uh, Against, man, I got to go with the Falcons inside the Dome, I think they're a different team, they're a different beast. I don't think the Tampa Bay offense will be good enough to keep up with the points the Falcons are going to put on the board. Ideally, if Tampa Bay wins this game, we'll be up front and good coverage. Duh. But I don't think their defense is that good enough. I just saw Austin Davis march down the field on them on the road to get a win, so excuse me if my faith in Tampa Bay is shaken right now or never began or never was there in the first place. Uh, just a just a quick heads up here, housekeeping. Gerald McCoy is a game will be a game day decision. He is doubtful with a hand injury. Okay. Well at least he's not out for the season. Oh Charles Tillman's out for the season, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, um, so I suppose we should pick this game because I don't really have anything to say about it other than Josh McCaffrey will not, will not have two rushing touchdowns, uh, and it's going to be – it's okay, so I think the Bucks are going to lose this game, and I think it's going to be kind of rough for them. Not that the Falcons are awesome, but it's the Falcons at home uh, where they tend to be a little better, and the Bucks don't really <laughs> – they don't play well anywhere, but they also don't travel well, so – yeah, I think the Bucks lose their third straight heartbreaker. Uh, 24-21, late touchdown, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. Well, yeah, who else is he going to throw to? The shambling corpse of Roddy White? Someone in my fantasy league made fun of me, made fun of my receivers. And I was like, bro, you have Roddy White. <laughs> who is consistently questionable with a hamstring. And guess what? This Thursday, questionable with a hamstring. <laughs> like, yeah. Come on. Like, like you don't have it. By the way, if anyone's listening, I've been proposed a Monty Ball for Rob Gronkowski trade. <laughs> wow. That's uh... it's not a good trade. No. 
I'm you know, gonna do that. Rob Gronkowski can go out any second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> any second, so. They might as well just be offering to trade you. How about you just give up Moneyball at any point during the season and you won't know when? <laughs> and Yeah, and you get nothing over Yeah, there. exactly, yeah. All right, so we're both taking... <laughs> We're both taking the Falcons at this one. Uh, I'm going to assume that uh, Ian is going to take the Falcons, but we will find out uh, later this week when we do our previews. So, yeah. Go Kyle Rudolph. Need these points, yo. For the Sports Id, I am Drew. I'm Danny Redzone, a.k.a. Danny Boucher, a.k.a. The Masked Wonder. <laughs> All right, that was week two. Thanks for listening. Wave, wave,